0: Hey, it's Emma. It's never been my dream to be an astronaut, but I did want to go to space camp pretty badly. Ooh, space camp. Yeah, do you remember those commercials? Yeah. Of being the kid,
1: like in the circle thing, just like spinning around. What is it called? Like a gyrator or something like that? Gyroscope? Or is a gyroscope what they use for like blood samples? It's all the same technology. Who cares? You spin <laughs> people around, make them real dizzy, make them puke. Hi, my name is Jolie. I have always dreamed about going to space, but that dream has been tampered down by my lack of desire to ever be up high ever because I'm terrified of heights. I feel that. What about like claustrophobia? I get a little bit more like antsy and angry if I feel boxed in, but it's not mm. the, the kind of panic that I feel like being on a two foot step stool. <laughs> it's really ridiculous. Like I have to, I have to tell myself like you are a grown woman. You can be a foot off the ground. It's going to be fine. I don't really have a fear of heights. I had like incidents when I was a kid that, that Made that a thing. I just can't get uh, rid of it. Maybe I need some NPL. NLP? NLP. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe I need some education. <laughs> no, I'm not afraid of being in
0: elevators, but I'm afraid of the elevator getting stuck and there's people in the elevator, but I have to pee. At what point do you decide to go to the bathroom?
1: I think at some point people would be like, okay, well, this is happening. Right? It's no one's preference. Like, like
0: seriously, anytime I have to pee and I'm getting on an elevator I'm like, oh shit, this is it. I'm gonna have to pee on this on this elevator.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go up to the fifth floor but I need to go to the bathroom real quick because I don't know <laughs> if this is gonna be my last opportunity. <laughs> right? So stupid, but I think it's a real fear. For me the the real fear is being in an airplane because I watched Alive when I was young. And I was like, "Oh shit! I'm gonna ha- like someone's gonna eat me, or I'm gonna have to eat someone else." Like the worst thing I could think of is surviving a plane crash—not like dying right? in a plane crash, but actually having to survive and like figure out how to live. Right?
0: Or it could be like lost, where like you oh. actually didn't survive, but you think you survived. You're in purgatory. Just, just, <laughs> I just heard like a really weird sound. Did you? Hear that, that
1: is the um the garage. I always hate it when they do that. like oh my god! Recording. It freaked me out. I'm like. Yeah, I'm some, right above the garage happening. and like I hear that all the time when we record. Aww. I'm just like, motherfucker, oh my God. just either leave it open or close it. It freaked me out. I'm like, we're picking up on some sort of frequency. <laughs> They're coming to get us. We're scared. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? What's, what's
0: what's the deal? We are talking about pooping in space, which is like totally a different thing than we've been talking about at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> your face right now is like, what? We pivoted. Right. <laughs>
1: one. What is it? Like one giant leap for mankind? Yeah. Or? One giant leap to like the other end of the spectrum of what we've been <laughs> talking about. Something that has
0: nothing to do with what we've been talking about. <laughs> <laughs> on one of the videos I was watching on YouTube, somebody's comment was like in quotes. So where has quarantine taken me today? It's <laughs> like watching videos about like space toilets but it was just really interesting to me I don't know I was like this is it this is fucking awesome I I love
1: this so much (laughs) yeah I can tell you for a fact that I know literally nothing about pooping in space well you
0: know neither did I and it's funny because it's like you know I never thought about it you never thought about it well neither did NASA scientists like they never (laughs) thought about it until they were like oh no (laughs)
1: We Uh needed to think about this. The capsule is filling up with shit. What do we do? (laughs) Not that bad. I knew we forgot something. We're engaging in potty talk. We have officially hit like five-year-old level. (laughs) I know. So I don't want to be like. our topics.
0: Crude. Like I'm not trying to be crude. This is just super interesting. You know, when there's no gravity, going to the bathroom is like different. Yeah. I don't
1: even know what to say. It's just kind of like. Yeah, I wonder how much the gravity really takes care of like you being able to do it successfully. A lot. Because it seems like that would be a big thing. It takes care of a lot. We stand gravity. You know, you sit. It's like, I want to
0: talk about this, but like not be crude. Let's just talk about the history of of pooping in space.
1: You can also describe pooping it in case nobody knows what it is, because I'm sure there's (laughs) someone out there who has no idea. (laughs)
0: Excrement. <laughs>
1: Feekies. Mm, yeah. Species. No, it's feakies. I like to um mispronounce things. Makes me smile inside with my heart. My friend Jessica will say keto instead of keto. Like just to like <laughs> I either mispronounce things or I make it like really obvious that I'm trying to be bougie. Like, see it up. Let's go to Tarjay today. Yeah, <laughs> We're just like, oh, shut the fuck up. We'll you're no. we'll you. <laughs> like, you mean the movie theater? Just calm yourself. You can't go see X Men and pretend that you're bougie. Not happening. I
0: mean, you can pretend. I don't know.
1: Dress up. Show up in like a opera bus- gloves. <laughs> yeah, like a bustled skirt. <laughs>
0: gross yeah I I saw uh, like a meme of somebody spraying down a movie theater just like oh new stuff we're doing for COVID it's
1: like gross like you never
0: did this before
1: no I can tell you for a fact I used to work in a movie theater when I was in when I was a teenager it's still in high school you can have popcorn popcorn is usually a pretty safe bet but I wouldn't eat any hot dogs or anything anything that people have to directly touch I wouldn't I wouldn't be a part of. And also like we did the bare minimum of cleaning out the theaters after people. Yeah. Because people are fucking disgusting. They're just gross. Yeah. So, well, like you have about 10 minutes between things and there's only so much you can do.
0: Quarantine also took me down the rabbit hole of reading about theater hygiene. And <laughs> there's mm-hmm. been like bed bugs and stuff. Honestly, there is
1: no way to keep those kind of seats oh, okay. So gross. Which is why I'm glad that a lot of theaters now are doing the faux leather or like the vinyl, mm-hmm. because that's actually much easier to sterilize than like fabric seats. Yeah. Nasty, yeah. People are gross. Let's talk about pooping. <laughs> back, back to the poop. People are gross. Let's talk about poop.
0: <laughs> the first human spaceflight was the Freedom Seven, and that took place on May fifth, nineteen sixty-one. And Alan Shepard was the astronaut who astronauted that flight, piloted it. I don't know, astronauted. But
1: <laughs> I like that. Do you? Let's just go with that, right? He astronauted all over the place. I'm astronauting in that flight. today. <laughs> But anyway, this flight was only supposed to be about
0: 15 minutes long, so they didn't have any sort of plan for how he'd pee. But he ended up getting stuck on the launch pad for hours, like something was going on, technical difficulties, and he ended up having to ask if he could pee in his suit. He tried to get off. He's like, hey, I want to like go to the bathroom. But the door was completely bolted shut. So once he was there, it's like, "Okay." so he waited and he waited. And finally, he just they bolt the door shut. Yeah. Now that would make me claustrophobic. (laughs) I'm scared now I take it back. I don't want to do that.
1: (laughs) Houston, I got to pee.
0: Yeah. (laughs) He had to ask permission to go to the bathroom, which is just wild, you know.
1: And those suits are like incredibly expensive, so I can only imagine that the like designer and and creator of the suits were like, mm, right? You well, son of a, a bitch! Well, I
0: feel like there's like buttons and stuff that probably could have gotten messed up. Alan Shepard said in an interview, um, "Of course, with a cotton undergarment, which we had on, it soaked up immediately. I was totally dry by the time we launched."
1: We did they bullshit. wear diapers in space?
0: Not then. But yes, <laughs> yeah,
1: because that would they be did. handy. Yeah, just they do. In
0: case. They did. And they do. But not like actually on there. It's like now because of what happened with Alan Shepard, like during that time period, they wear diapers. Okay, They don't call them diapers. There's another name for it. So, yeah. So once that happened in 1961, NASA was like, shit, we need to like think about people going to the bathroom because everybody goes to a bathroom. It doesn't matter that these are like super smart. Fancy people, like they need to go to the bathroom.
1: That is the one thing that brings us all together. At the end of the day, we all have to go to the bathroom.
0: Yeah, everyone poops. Everyone. We have that book, Everybody Poops by Taro Gomi. In the early days of peeing on on spacecraft, the the first pee catchers like kind of look like condoms and they came in three different sizes. They were called roll on cuffs. That's what NASA called them. And women couldn't use them. But at the time, it didn't really matter
1: because women weren't going to space anyway.
0: Mm, so it didn't matter. So it was basically like a latex cuff that looked like a condom and it connected to a clamp and a valve and a tube and a collection bag. And they were known to leak, which, again, is bad because these suits are like expensive. and Right. In an interview on the Science Channel's show called Moon Machines documentary series, it's basically a show about early space travel. Engineer Donald Rethke, who is known in space history circles as Dr. Flush, Um, he describes how these <laughs> condoms came in, <laughs> came in specific sizes to accommodate
1: each astronaut's anatomical size. I wonder how tempted astronauts were to be like, yeah, can you get me a size large? They'd be like, we need to look at your junk, well, please. Straight Just up. Just to I mean, make
0: that sure. Was, <laughs> that was like an issue. I mean, if they were to lie, it would cause leaking. Yeah. So if you're an astronaut and you're going to go out to space and you need to wear one of these, what are they called again? Roll on cuffs. If you need to wear a roll on cuff, you know, you have to tell people how big your junk is. Nobody wants to admit that they have a tiny penis. So there was no small, only large, gigantic and humongous. So that way, if you're an astronaut and you need to talk about your small penis, it's actually
1: a large penis. Oh my God. What a boys club, right? But NASA was like, we know that your penis size is irrelevant to how well you do your job. But like, also we don't want you to think about it.
0: I think it was to keep people from lying, you know, and like feeling insecure yeah. or whatever. Who knows? And who knows if Dr. Flesh is like being silly or if this was <laughs> true. I'm going with it.
1: Yeah. It's too funny to not be true.
0: Right? So John Glenn used these cuffs on the Mercury Atlas 6 mission. And that was the first time NASA ever sent a human into orbit. This flight lasted four hours and 55 minutes.
1: He might not have had to pee, but I usually pee a few times. The minute I know that it's not going to be possible for me to pee. I'm like, oh, I have to pee. (laughs) Even if I like totally didn't, I just went everything should be fine. I'm just like, oh God, I got to pee. It's the anxiety of not being able to get to a toilet. And then it's like the second you see a toilet, then you have
0: to go like 30 times worse. Oh, yeah, for sure. The Gemini missions of the 1960s were actually the first time that NASA had to deal with poop in space. So before it was just like they're worrying about the pee. The Gemini missions were where they're like, okay, these are going to be long. We got to figure out what to do about poop. So the first devices that they used were just bags taped to the astronauts. butts.
1: oh, my God.
0: After defecation, the crew member was required to seal the bag and knead it in order to mix a liquid bactericide with the contents to provide the desired degree of feces stabilization.
1: Ew.
0: Because this task was distasteful and required an inordinate amount of time, low residue foods and laxatives were generally used prior to launch.
1: Yeah, because they were like, I don't want to shit. No, thank you. Yeah, let's like (laughs) empty it out. Let's not eat food. (laughs) We're good. Can you imagine having to like gently knead your own shit? No, it's disgusting. It's horrible. And
0: you know, I didn't write this in my notes, but I'm just remembering now. So this like bag that was taped to the astronauts butts had like an extra little pocket for you to put your finger in to like actually separate your poop from your butt because in zero
1: gravity, it doesn't come off. No, thank you. Yeah. So it's... (laughs) I never even thought about that. Yeah, I guess it doesn't separate, does it? I assumed it was just like, that was the end of your shit. You didn't have any no. more shit. It came out.
0: No, it's like stuck. So there was like an, an extra hole in these bags for you to put your finger. And I'm I'm doing it with my, my hand
1: right now. It looks real attractive.
0: And on, on the blog, <laughs> I'll be posting pictures of all of all of these contraptions because they're really fascinating. For the Apollo missions, they continued using the bag method. Nothing really improved. You know, I mean, granted, this is still like within the same decade. So on Apollo 10 in 1969, astronaut Tom Stafford suddenly said, and this is on the transcripts, get me a napkin quick. There's a turd floating through the air. And his crewmate, John. (laughs) His crewmate, John Young, replied in the transcript, I didn't do it. It ain't one of mine. (laughs) Like, someone, please capture the shit. I know, just like floating around. How embarrassing. They're like official NASA transcripts is them just like gross. (laughs)
1: Ew,
0: God. Who did this? There's poop everywhere. I know. (laughs) Also for the Apollo astronauts, because they were getting off of the spacecraft, they needed to figure out what they can do, a fecal containment system (laughs) is what they called it, which is a diaper, a pair of undershorts with layers of absorbent material.
1: You could just call it a diaper because those things have existed for a very long time. But I guess it sounds better to call it a fecal containment system.
0: Right. Just like calling a small penis a large one. Yeah. Same thing. You just want people to feel
1: good about the situation.
0: (laughs) NASA's statement on these absorbent undershorts, the fecal containment system was, the shorts serve to contain any excreta. That's their statement.
1: (laughs) kind of like a diaper right
0: diaper yeah so using these these bag systems and like the pee condom and all that stuff was just so uncomfortable for astronauts that they just like ate less than half of the available food on their flights right so they were getting weaker by the day so it was during the Apollo missions that they started really feeling like this is a problem right how did it take them
1: that long to feel like it was a problem
0: these like basic human functions they happen all the time we don't really have to think much about it it's like these automatic functions so I feel like there's so many other things that these scientists needed to think about that were just seemingly more important right and also it's like there's so many different issues I mean no gravity the lack of space the I mean element of like contamination I mean I guess like these people are engineers like they should be able to figure it out but they didn't and they still sort of haven't
1: even with engineers there are like specialties there are things that people are specifically good at and I'm sure at the time like nobody thought I'm going to be a potty engineer
0: Right. (laughs) A space
1: potty engineer. Yes. I want to deal with shit instead of like rockets.
0: Right. (laughs) I mean, this is, it's kind of, kind of like dealing with rockets
1: it's incredibly important but it's also like then you have to really think about human excrement and urine and like all of that stuff
0: yeah and it's not glamorous no it's not as much as I think this is like super interesting I also in the back of my head I'm like god why am I like talking about poop
1: when you're raising a kid you forget how many steps are involved in what you consider a simple activity Oh yeah, so it's like you you have to go back in your mind and be like, oh, okay, so first can't just say make a sandwich, put the peanut butter on because I I've missed so many steps already. Mm-hmm. I have to say, okay, first we get all the ingredients. So that's the bread, the peanut butter, the jelly. You need mm-hmm. to get a plate. You need to get a knife, and then you need to get two pieces of bread. Like so, it keeps going. You have to like really break everything down, and I don't think adults are really. Forced to do that very often. Like, how many steps are in an actual activity? Yeah. We're just like, well, we should. Should be fine.
0: Yeah. No big deal. It's fine. They have diapers, whatever. Right. They're good. They're peeing
1: into condoms. It's It's fine. They're peeing into condoms that are clamped onto their genitals. I'm sure they're going to be able to concentrate.
0: I also think part of it, though, is like through like the development of NASA and like space travel and stuff, like the length of time that these people are on the the flights like has gotten increasingly longer yeah which is amazing but it also like causes more problems in regard to like how to go to the bathroom and like what works and what doesn't
1: like you can't wear the same diaper for like six months six months (laughs) (laughs) it came back and nobody could come near them
0: Ew. so anywho On the Apollo missions is when they really were like, okay, this is like a big deal. We have to figure this out. So they created a bathroom log and (laughs) it had like photos of all the devices that they used to go to the bathroom. Summaries of how they work, urine and stool samples taken from the astronauts. And there was a brief summary, which I'm going to share with you. It said, although there were inherent design limitations in the waste management systems used for the manned Apollo missions, Performance of the individual systems per se was reasonably satisfactory. However, there were some problems. In addition to being marginal from a hygienic standpoint, use of the collection devices required many steps and the expenditure of a considerable amount of time. The problem of odor was continually present because of the lack of a positive means of eliminating defecation odors, which is so awful.
1: You think about space being so glamorous, like you get to wear a fun suit and or I, I was about to say a fun outfit, but that's not what it is. <laughs> you really get like to wear the a fun outfit, outfit and <laughs> like get in a rocket and see all you like see the earth and the moon and everything from like a vantage point that humans never get to go to. You don't think about these astronauts just smelling like shit the whole time.
0: Right? It's terrible. <laughs> and then like the food they eat is really yucky. Just, I don't know. Ew. Dedication. It's dedication yeah. to their life's work. Yeah, it's not glamorous. No, it's not.
1: It's just awesome. <laughs>
0: That whole like bathroom log that they did pointed to the need for like a bunch of different improvements. So they decided that future systems should not require immediate contact, you know, meaning like there shouldn't be like stuff attached to their body. Number two, the time required to like go to the bathroom needs to be reduced. And three, the waste management system needs to provide some sort of technique of automatically removing your excrement from your bottom so that you're not like Doing it because it's degrading. It's weird. Nobody wants to do that.
1: I would assume it would be pretty demoralizing if you're like, hold on, I have to take a shit and then take some time to like put my finger in my asshole to remove my shit. Right. And it's just taking so long. Like they have like important space people things to do. Right. What if something happened and you're like, in the middle of like a one hour shit situation. You're like in (laughs) minute 30 of your one hour like thing that you have to do. Oh my gosh. I wonder (laughs) if it was that terrible. I'm sure it wasn't. But I think any amount of time that's more than like five minutes, you're just either you are just really having an issue or that's just way too long.
0: Yeah. Or you're like staring at your phone. That's like the ultimate
1: dad move. I fucking hate that.
0: I gotta go poop, babe. And then like 30 minutes
1: later, I'm like, what is going on? And I hear like videos. Oh my God. You're like, (laughs) you're going to get hemorrhoids and I am not going to (laughs) care. Right. I got hemorrhoids for a reason. You're going to get hemorrhoids just from like sitting on the toilet for 30 (laughs) minutes like an idiot. Right. (laughs)
0: I was like telling Benny how I needed a little bit more like me time or whatever. And he even admitted he's like, just say that you need to go poop and like go sit on your phone in the bathroom for a while. And I'm like, (gasps) that's what you do. (laughs) 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 jacques. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Okay, so eventually women started taking part in space travel. And at that point, they created a new diaper that kind of looked like bike shorts that absorb pee. It was called... A disposable Absorption Containment Trunk. Diaper. Yeah. AKA diaper.
1: Shorts, <laughs> shorts, shape Shorts diaper. diaper. Like the Thinks, but like a diaper. like can hold <laughs> way more liquid than <laughs> just some period. I've never tried those Thinks. Neither um, have I. I'm very concerned about them. I'm like, I feel like I would be the one person who's like, nope, still bleeding all over the place.
0: Intrigued and scared. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering right now if, if those like shorts were meant to absorb menstrual flow too. I would assume,
1: but I would also assume that that would create some sort of issue with like, because trash is an issue too. Like the amount of mm-hmm. you know garbage waste that you have is... A pretty big issue. So mm-hmm. how do they even handle a woman on her period? Like you wouldn't want to do shorts. You would want to do something smaller, so a tampon would ideally be better.
0: They should be wearing diva cups, but without gravity you take that. Yeah, out. like
1: <laughs> just there's blood everywhere. <laughs> Looks like a crime scene.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that and as I'm saying it I'm just like
1: imagining these like right. Stuff. Oh my god. <laughs> who knows see it's a it's a big question yeah i guess pads or or tampons would be like really the only logical solution unless you had like a bathroom that could be pressurized in order to have like some sort of gravity my mind is exploding this is why we don't work for nasa (laughs) among other reasons (laughs) among other reasons can't you just make the bathroom have gravity no bitch that's not how this works Okay, well, that's a out of ideas. Have gravity. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Sorry. Thank you for your time. So
0: between 1973 and 1974, there was a space station called SkyLab. They had a toilet, but the toilet wasn't really like meant to be like a toilet toilet. It was more to like collect and return to Earth, collect samples and return them to Earth so that they could study the calcium balance. Ah. Oh. Um in astronauts, I guess maybe like being out in space affects your calcium levels. Yeah, it affects everything. Yeah, so it was more like a collection system. It collected samples of urine, feces and vomit. Awesome. The space shuttle, which is the first operational orbital spacecraft that was designed for reuse, it was used from 1981 to 2011, and it was equipped with a 50,000 toilet called the Waste Collection System or WCS. The opening on this toilet was less than four inches wide, about the quarter of the size of a regular toilet hole. So in zero gravity, it's like how do you aim? Whatever, it's hard, and they actually had toilet training. On Earth. So they had to do that special toilet training on Earth and they had an under the seat camera where they could like watch (laughs) themselves going to the
1: bathroom and make sure that
0: they're like aiming into the right
1: place. Did they watch themselves while they were wearing pants or were they just like practicing?
0: Oh, no, I think they were actually going to the
1: bathroom. Yuck. Nobody wants to see that or some people (laughs) want to see that, I'm sure, but not me. Right. I know. I don't know. I don't need to know how any of that works. Oh, I'll, I'll pass.
0: Thank you. But I don't know. I think it's super important that they did all this stuff. Astronaut Mike Massimino, he said that he actually used thigh restraints when he needed to sit on the space toilet because he said sitting on it felt like being on a motorcycle. He said, I think of Peter Fonda, an easy
1: rider. That's the right <laughs> position for me. <laughs> oh, my God. I am so cool right now. <clears throat> right. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs>
0: So, you know, for a long time, this toilet was fine. You know, this $50,000 toilet. But in May of 2008, the toilet broke on the International Space Station. Whoa. That oh, can't wait. be
1: easy to fix.
0: Okay. So, yeah. On the space shuttle, is called the WCS. Then there's the International Space Station, which is like a place not, that astronauts not are not heading to. Yeah. It's <laughs> not the same thing. The shuttle is like what they take to get out into space. Right. And...
1: The shuttle is like a car. The space station is like a space station. Exactly. It's the place.
0: <laughs> and there's actually two toilets on, on the International Space Station. They're in different modules. One of them's called the Zvezda and the other one's a tranquility module. And they both Fucking have Russians. Well, yeah, those are like the cosmonauts. Like they actually there's actually like some drama between like the Russian toilet and our toilet and like oh not God. wanting to share toilets. But anyway, the toilets on the space station were basically the same as the waste collection system on the space shuttle. It's like a fan driven suction
1: thing, little tiny hole. So do the Russians have the exact same thing on their side or do they have like a different version of it?
0: Theirs, I I believe, is nicer because once this happened, once the toilet ended up breaking, we had to buy a Russian made toilet. It was a lot of money. One million dollars. No, like more.
1: I think it was like 50 million dollars or something. Oh, my God. I mean, I understand why, but that's insane. Yeah, it was 19 million dollars. If you go on Craigslist, people are just giving away their old toilets. So NASA needs to like get it together. Yeah. So now I
0: mean, and it's honestly like kind of the same thing. So it's still like a little plate sized hole. The fan vacuum sucks away their poop and it gets stored in a plastic bag. And then all this stuff that has been stored gets sent away on another rocket ship that like
1: burns as it flies towards the earth. Ugh. So it's just like. So wait, it just burns up and it doesn't like re enter Earth? I don't think so. It's like a paper rocket. <laughs> I have no idea, but that's With what happens. Burning shit. And then the pee is just like
0: suctioned away by a funnel that has a fan. Peggy Whitson is a retired astronaut, a woman, and she logged 665 days in space for NASA. Like, I think she was out there more than anybody else. And she said that her least favorite part of working in zero gravity was going to the bathroom. And she's actually like upset about it, you know, just kind of like we need to do better. This is like not cool. I don't like it. She says that after the toilet starts getting full, you have to put on a rubber glove and pack it back down. Like it's not glamorous. What is cool about that toilet, though, is that 80 to 85 percent of the urine that's collected gets recycled into the water that they drink in about a week. So that's That's cool. That's interesting.
1: It's cool and it's gross. after a certain point in time you are you must be aware that you're just drinking your own pee
0: right like water world boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah stuff is gross and I mean this is still what they were dealing with up until pretty recently. in 2016 NASA ran a challenge called the space poop challenge and this was to um, <laughs> this was to help astronauts find a way to go to the bathroom while, when they're stuck in their suits for up
1: to six days without them needing to wear a diaper. I just love that they called it the Space Poop Challenge. They're just like, well, what what can we do to get people involved? Yeah, that's really what it was called. And there's oh like a God. funny graphic
0: for it of like an astronaut. And then it says like
1: space poop at the bottom of it. I'll share <laughs> it on the blog.
0: <laughs> the contest opened in October of 2016, and it was asking participants to create a system that was inside of the spacesuit that was able to flush away pee, poop, period. They wanted to make the system function for six days. And that's long enough for an astronaut to stay alive for rescue if like something happened to the spacecraft and it was out of air. Oh, wow. Yeah. 144 hours till death. Yeah, that should be the name of a movie or something. Anyway, like, as you know, like they've been using a diaper during their spacewalks launch and entry. But like, obviously, you can only wear a diaper for like a day. You know, as we just talked about, it's super difficult to design a pooping system for microgravity you know because like everything's floating whatever we just talked about it so maintaining good hygiene was one of the primary challenges for participants in the space poop challenge the winner of this contest his name was thatcher carden and he's a family physician and flight surgeon flight surgeon yeah i think he worked for the air force oh okay and he looks like super nice Super nice family guy. His family actually helped him with like all of this stuff because they had to make prototypes. And I guess they like went to the Dollar Tree and like bought a bunch of stuff. Like they were all part of it. It That's so
1: awesome. Yeah, it's cute. Like a nice little family activity creating something for NASA. Yeah. And I think they won 15 grand. Which when you think about it, it's like that's nice. but That's not enough. It's
0: not really that much money for like solving a problem for NASA.
1: But I, I guess NASA doesn't really get that much money. And a lot of it goes to actual production. So... True, and are astronauts rich? No, they're not. Yeah, they're like paid to a certain degree because they have like a risky job. So there's a pretty big pay scale: fifty to three hundred ninety thousand. Okay, three hundred ninety thousand dollars a year is a lot of money, but that's not enough for like fully risking your life literally every time. Yeah, like think about money. It it is a lot of money, but think about how much. And I don't think footballers get paid enough, but think about how much footballers get paid per game. They get paid a ton of money too, yeah. like a crazy amount of money per game. So they make way more than astronauts. Okay, and they that's get like not cool to me. deals as well. So I don't think NASA is very well funded. Lame. That's sad. Well, if you think about it, the military is like, it gets all of our funding. So we don't have much funding left over for like education and medical and all that.
0: In the beginning, NASA
1: was like a part of the military, you know, like helping with like airplanes. And I think they still are to some degree. But yeah. there is like a separate military development
0: And then like the now. space program. And I feel like a yeah. lot of people don't really care about space. Like I care about space. I think we all should care, care about, about space. Because then there's also a bunch of people that think it's a bunch of bullshit. Like they're just like setting up scenes and, you know, stuff like that with space travel.
1: It's like, do you realize how many countries would actually have to work together to set up this elaborate fucking scheme? We don't work together that well.
0: Right. Well, that's just like all of the countries in the world have gathered together to create covid so that like americans
1: god people are so fucking dumb
0: yeah well, let's talk about thatcher again and
1: his i would love little to
0: system the solution that he came up with was called maces perennial access and toileting systems so it's like m-a-c-e-s perennial access and toileting system according to npr He designed a small airlock at the crotch of the suit with a variety of items, including inflatable bedpans and diapers that could be passed through the small opening and then expanded. His design even allows an astronaut to change their underwear while inside the space suit through
1: the same small opening. That's the trick of like putting your bra on through your sleeve. Yeah, or
0: pulling it off that way. Okay, so this guy said that this idea of the like little tiny opening came from laparoscopy in which complex surgery is performed through a small hole, usually with the help of a robot instead of a large incision. He says, I thought, why couldn't we handle waste through a small opening?
1: We can replace heart valves through a hole in a blood vessel. Why not this? Well, heart valves are also like significantly smaller than a full bag of shit. So that would be my concern.
0: True, but the thing that he created is super amazing. It really like blew my mind. The PAP or the perennial access port is basically an airlock that's located at the astronaut's crotch, but like more towards the front because like they have to sit down. Right. So when an astronaut needs to go to the bathroom, they open the airlock and they insert a tube that's called an inducer into the valve. This prevents gas from escaping and it also equalizes pressure. So it's easy to open. Mm -hmm. From there, astronauts can insert a variety of bathroom wizardry into their (laughs) spacesuits, this is a quote from somebody, I don't even know who, they can uh, insert a variety of bathroom wizardry into their spacesuits without depressurizing their suits to the vacuum of space.
1: Wow.
0: He created all sorts of crazy things to stick in it. It's crazy. So there's like the inflatable bedpan. The bedpan is lined with a soft terry cloth and contains a lubricant. It's kind of like curled up. It slides through the inducer, pushes through the pore, and then moves into a position inside the spacesuit. Then the astronauts squeeze a bulb attached to the bedpan. And it, this is a quote from him. It inflates the device like a flower into a full-blown bedpan.
1: So Like a flower? Come on, guy. I guess. he goes, Inflates this it creates- like a fucking bedpan. he says
0: this creates space in the suit it's nice to have space to defecate i agree with that i've never thought
1: about it but yes
0: right right (laughs) so then the lubricant makes sure that any stool slips into the bedpan and it doesn't stick while the terry cloth helps with cleanup they're done with the bed fan. It deflates, curls back up, and then you pull it back out through the inducer tube. I'm like trying to picture
1: this right now. And my brain is just like not working. I
0: have like. so many pictures. You'll have to look because it's like <laughs> this guy is like super cute, too. So like like I don't mean like handsome, just like how much he's interested in what he did. Right? So he's, he's like, like I
1: fucking up. love talking about this. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love it. I'm very passionate about pooping in space.
0: Yeah. Who is not after learning about it? right? I know, right? <laughs> So he has other tools. So there's a water spraying bidet. What? That's awesome. Yeah. And then there's hygiene wand that has a wet wipe roll on the end. And it's just like insane. I have a video of just like endless wet wipes like coming out oh of this Oh my thing.
1: gosh. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And he also created men and women's own fresh undies that can go through the tube. So the woman's is microfiber and it's absorbent for periods. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then they have urine cups that match both male and female anatomy. And then there's a battery powered universal suction device and that pulls the waste into the bedpan or urine collectors and ultimately into a waste collection bag. And this is all inside the suits. So they don't need to like do anything.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to imagine how the underwear gets on the body inside the suit. Magic. Wizardry. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Wizardry. <laughs> <laughs> wizardry.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah I just sure. told you it was wizardry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, the underwear are like not full underwear. Like so they don't like have a like, like sides.
1: Like... It's just like an insert. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes more sense.
0: Yeah. And I wonder if the, if your butt is just exposed. Probably. It's probably just the front that's covered.
1: Yeah. I guess that's the only part that would need to be covered. Right? I guess, especially if it's covering like all of the important bits, that's not very much space that needs to be covered.
0: Yeah. And the, and the tube goes like to where your perineum is. So that's like, okay. for those who don't know, that's like the space between your butt and your, your special area.
1: What do they call that? <laughs> your taint. yoni, your taint. <laughs> yeah. Your taint. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a safe for work podcast. It never was, but it's really not now.
0: I like the more I'm sharing, the more I'm like, God, maybe I shouldn't have done this topic. Oh,
1: I love it. (laughs) I would have never thought about this at all. It's really interesting. I'm
0: glad you think so.
1: And that's the point of a deep dive,
0: right? Yeah, right. And this one felt like really, um, really honest because like it was real. Like all of a sudden I'm like watching all these videos and like, oh my God, it's happening.
1: It's happening naturally right now. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) like I'm not actually pulling this out of my ass I'm really like researching this yeah like for for fun I didn't Um, just like commit to this and now I have to follow through (laughs) (laughs) yeah opposite way actually
0: there was runners up team space poop unification of doctors aka spuds they came in second place and I think that they won like five grand I think it was like twenty thousand dollars and then he got 15 these people got five and then third place someone named Hugo Shelley. Got an honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the swim suit. (laughs) Swim is in caps. I don't know what it stands for. I obviously didn't care. Zero gravity underwear for six day use. Yeah. So this
1: was in in 2016. So how did I not hear any of this? I mean, I'm not like plugged into the NASA culture, but I feel like I would have heard about this specific thing. Sounds like something that I would have noticed. and been like, that's fun.
0: Right. It's just like so funny, too, that it was called space poop. So I'm not sure if this contest was run through HeroX. I'm not sure if HeroX existed at this time or if they did it like in some other way. But do you know what HeroX is? Not really. Well, it's basically the coolest crowdsourcing website ever. (laughs) Do you you know what XPRIZE is? Not really. Okay, so XPRIZE is a nonprofit that like hosts public competitions that are supposed to encourage like technological development and, you know, benefit mankind.
1: And this is for like everything or just for like space stuff?
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure XPRIZE is for, for anything. Okay. You know, and like, then
1: Hero X is just like a portion of that.
0: It's a spinoff. It's a okay. spinoff of XPRIZE because XPRIZE is basically like, XPRIZE is creating these competitions, um, but Hero X is kind of more like Kickstarter. So like anybody can really post a competition. They're sponsored projects, but also like it can be used for
1: crowdfunding
0: for like, you know, things that don't have benefactors.
1: Right, you sent me the link to the the site, and just looking through everything, I was like, God, I have never felt like more of a fucking moron in oh my, my gosh, whole I life. I have nothing to offer any of this. I know, right? Like, just I... like, well, that would be a nice one to do if I had any intelligence whatsoever.
0: But the thing is, like, so the the HeroX CEO, his name is Christian Cacciolini. He believes this company has huge potential. Like. Duh. But he yeah. told Wired that breakthroughs often come from the amateur, the outsider. It very rarely comes from the experts. So you know, Jolie, like
1: they're too they're too close to it to really be able to see the solution to it. Whereas someone who has no experience with it will be able to like look at it in a weird way, like yeah. oh, whoa, well, what if we did this?
0: Yeah, totally. So I'm gonna keep looking at Hero X, you know, because as you know, I'm unemployed, and maybe I'll uh, solve some sort of great problem for humanity. Hell yeah, <laughs> She's using Hero X. Yeah, I don't know. It's cool. I like had never heard of it before until I watched this space poop video. And then I'm like, holy shit, because they were talking about a new challenge that's on Hero X posted by NASA. There's a new mission called Artemis Three. The there's a launch target of 2024. The whole point of the mission is to land a man and a woman at the lunar south pole. Wow. Um
1: so have have we only been to the North Pole? Is that the I
0: believe so. And we haven't been back to the moon since 1972. Okay. So, I mean, that was a long ass time ago.
1: That was a really long time ago. But also there's like literally nothing on the moon. So who the fuck cares?
0: Yeah. You know, I'm not totally sure why they're going to go to the moon again. I mean,
1: I'm wondering if they just want to try to figure out a way to like save humans in case we completely destroy our Earth. Because Mars is not like a solution, really. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are like, "Ooh, Mars. But it's like you don't have enough gravity there for our body to work.
0: No, it's like We wouldn't be able to have
1: children. Mm -hmm. So that's not like a long term solution. Well, unless like
0: in some movies, it's like we build a whole like extra atmosphere or like live inside of the planet.
1: I think that that still comes with like some some issues, if I remember correctly. But I could also like I'm just talking out of my ass. I don't remember anything that I read about it. (laughs) Please do not ever listen to me. Like you listen to the podcast, but don't take anything that I say seriously. I read something. I'm not really sure what I read, but like I'm just going to talk about what I think I remember. (laughs) I'm just going to like make it sound real convincing, and uh, please do not take my word for literally anything.
0: Oh, but people should. I told you that my friends were listening to the podcast, and were like, "Your friend is really good at history."
1: I love history. I also love psychology. Like I like uh, figuring out how things occurred, like Mm -hmm. what 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 the forward trajectory of any incidents was. Totally, it's like I feel like history always determines what's going to happen next, and I feel like psychology always determines what a person is capable of. Yes, I agree with that. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Tell me more about Pip. Back back to me. (laughs) Um... Nobody cares.
0: I don't even know who this guy is. Inter Bartolo is his last name. This is somebody who must be like in charge of the Artemis 3 mission. Um, Anyway, he says, as we prepare for this extraordinary event, we can't forget about the ordinary needs of our astronauts. It certainly isn't the prime focus of the mission. We're not going back to the moon. So we could say we pooped on the moon, but (laughs) (laughs) but we don't want an Apollo situation either. And you remember Apollos where like there was poop flying around, the, flying around the cabin.
1: I love that that's not like common knowledge. I feel like that should be taught anytime we talk about like man's attempt to go to space. Like, right? yeah, shit was everywhere.
0: <laughs> you know, there was a whole movie about Apollo 13. Why that wasn't did not there... factor into that at all. <laughs> well, yeah, but they didn't make it. Oh, yeah. Right. And Apollo 13, didn't they like not even launch?
1: They like blew up. I remember seeing it. On the news, but I don't remember when it was. Well,
0: and also there's the movie with like, Tom Hanks. Is Tom Hanks in Apollo 13? Sure. Why not? Sounds right. Oh my right. God. Is this like the only movie you've, you don't know anything about? I think so. Oh my God.
1: I love space movies, but I like, you know, space horror movies more than anything else. I mean... Or like I watched yeah, Hidden the, Figures because I was like, hell yeah.
0: So the film, yeah, I, I actually have never seen that. and it, That's really good. Yeah. So I've heard... Okay. Yeah. Tom Hanks is in it. Tom Hanks, Kevin Bacon, Bill Paxton, Ed
1: Harris. That's a good cast. I love Ed Harris.
0: They made $355.2 million on this 1995 American space docudrama film directed by Ron Howard. I love Ron Howard. The movie's really accurate. It says, yeah, this is Houston. We have a problem. That's the Apollo 13. Oh,
1: okay. So they didn't even like make it out, right? They just like blew up. On the, the landing? Yeah, pad? I'm
0: pretty sure they just blew up on the landing pad. Oh my God, that's horrible. Wow, it has 96% rotten tomatoes. Really? Yeah. Yeah, maybe I should watch this later. Okay, so pooping on the moon. They don't want an <laughs> Apollo situation. So this contest is actually still open. It's open right now to any of you who are listening who want to solve a poop crisis. I think the deadline is August 17.
1: So what's so, the specific issue that they're trying to solve because it seems like they would have they already have everything that they need based on other developments. Okay.
0: So this is this is the ad here. NASA is calling on the global community for their novel design concepts for compact toilets that can operate in both microgravity and lunar gravity. These designs may be adapted for use in the Artemis lunar landers that, that take us back to the moon. Although space toilets already exist and are in use at the International Space Station, for example, they are designed for microgravity only. And also they kind of (laughs) suck. NASA is looking for a next generation device that is smaller, more efficient and capable of working in both microgravity and lunar gravity.
1: So does the thing that the doctor created... Does that like not work in the type of gravity that the moon has? Like, I'm so confused by all of this. The thing that he created is more like... It's for getting between A and B, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like not... Because they're not
1: going to be in their suit the whole time. So it doesn't make sense for that to be the only thing that they use.
0: Exactly. Like that's just, it's like a replacement for a diaper, like something that's more functional. You're not just like sitting in your excrement. Yeah. And your stuff
1: in your waist we could have been saying waste this whole time but we instead could we were been. saying poop and shit <laughs> and being nasty about it <laughs> there should be one rule and it's just don't be nasty <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm nasty yeah i
1: don't know we should have been saying waste damn it we're so gross i know i can't help it though honestly we both have very young children who are disgusting pigs. So <laughs> right. there's nothing it's like, that we can do. We talk about poop all day, every day.
0: It's true. And like after having a child, it's like you have like, you literally have like poop on your hands.
1: Or like you're covered in a little bit of vomit. You leave the house and you're like, well, that's puke. I can't yeah. go back.
0: I mean, I remember when Nori was a baby, she'd spit up in the bed and I would just like put a towel on it and go back to sleep.
1: Yeah, same here. I'd be like, like, okay, so there's a little pee on the bed, but I'm not going to take care of it right now. We have a cover. (laughs) It's going to be fine. It can wait until the morning. I'm so tired. I just want to die. Whatever. (laughs) So, yeah, back to this ad. Getting back to the
0: moon by 2024 is an ambitious goal. And NASA is already working on approaches to miniaturize and streamline the existing toilets. But they are also inviting ideas from the global community, knowing that they will approach the problem with a mindset different from traditional aerospace engineering. This challenge hopes to attract radically new and different approaches to the problem of human waste capture and containment. Um, so, yeah, they're offering twenty thousand dollars to anybody who can design a better space toilet. The total prize pot is thirty-five thousand dollars. The winner gets twenty thousand. Runner-up gets ten. Third place takes five.
1: I love the idea of a miniature toilet, by the way.
0: Right, just like itty bitty, it's you know, so cute. like a doll toilet. When I was in, I think third grade or maybe fourth grade, whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. It was this thing called the Millennium Project, and we had to talk about like the greatest invention to us. Of you of, talked about
1: toilets, we exactly. talked about this. Yeah, so I made. I a, did a I did a research paper on Victorian hygiene as well and how yes, it killed people.
0: Totally, yeah. We <laughs> talked about this, so yeah, I made a miniature toilet, but
1: out of paper mache, so it wouldn't That's help. So cute. It wouldn't help NASA. No, probably not. Damn it. But it would make them smile and isn't that worth it? We talked about how people have renamed like a second moon, moon moon. Like yeah. I wonder how many people are going to send in ideas that are just absolutely stupid and ridiculous, but so fucking TikTok generation.
0: Oh, you're dude, just like, I'm That's sure. That's
1: insane and hilarious. Thank you.
0: Right? I'm sure. Well, and also kids can enter the contest. That's awesome. Yeah, but they don't they're not going to win any money. But it's like, what if a kid invents something like so amazing and they're like, well, you know what? You're actually like, you know, 16. We're not paying you. <laughs> I, I
1: would think they would put it into some sort of like college fund. Yeah. Like maybe. So they still get the money or like they put it in a trust so that they get the money when they're old enough to to handle it. Yeah, maybe. Because that um, would be the ethical fucking thing to do. But whatever. Right. Who knows? Who you could also just knows? have a kid like create a fucking invention for you for free. Whatever. Do what you do, I guess.
0: I'm actually taking a look to see if um, what the kids get. Yeah, there's the junior category. So you get a certificate if you're 15 to 17. If you're 11 to 14, you get public recognition. You get some NASA merch and under 11 gets a mystery prize.
1: I'm sorry, but if a kid is creating something that's actually useful, they deserve to get some fucking money, even if I they can't so access too. it right away.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Or like at least some special training. Jolie, the image on this Lunar Lou challenge is uh, someone in a spacesuit sitting on the toilet holding a smartphone. Oh,
1: my God.
0: (laughs) Yes. I didn't even like notice that when I was looking at it before. It's so funny.
1: I looked at that website, by the way, for about five minutes before I was just so depressed with my own stupidity that I just didn't I didn't want to look at it anymore.
0: Oh my God, I looked for so long. I'm like, I have some smart friends who can like give me some money for sending this to them. (laughs)
1: Listen, do you have any like social media openings or like?
0: (laughs) I don't know what I could even do.
1: Do you want me to build the most basic website for you ever? Because I can do that. I got you. (laughs) I got you.
0: There's just like one more little part about the Lunar Loo Challenge. So the designs must be able to accommodate sick crew members dealing with vomiting and diarrhea. Although the preferred method for capturing vomit will be barf bags, bonus points will be awarded to designs that can capture vomit without requiring the crew member to put his or her head in the toilet.
1: Yeah, that's that was my biggest concern with any of this shit is like, how do you puke? Yeah. Or like, how do you how do you have diarrhea? Because like, I don't know. I don't know, man. That sounds like it could be really problematic.
0: Right. I'm like horrified. So this is a, uh, let's call it a countdown of like the coolest things NASA has done. (laughs) and We're going to start with Pioneer 10 and 11. And they were the first spacecrafts to visit Jupiter and Saturn in uh, 1972 and 1973. It's pretty cool. They got like really close to Jupiter, got really like up close photos of the great red spot. They found like some new moons around Saturn, a new ring. They're still floating in space, actually, but they're not sending any data anymore. (laughs) After that came Voyager 1 and Voyager 2. And they also went to Jupiter and Saturn. They discovered rings around Jupiter, the presence of volcanoes on Jupiter's moon. They did flybys of Uranus. Which I feel like on this episode, we should call Uranus. Just I like. call it Uranus
1: anyway, because that's what I grew up calling it. So when I say it, I laugh. But that's also so I, I have a hard time calling it anything else.
0: My dad used to like moon us and say like, oh, I see Uranus quite clearly tonight. My God.
1: Ripley has just figured out about mooning, by the way, and she does it all the time. I have to be like, you need to put your pants on.
0: <laughs> mooning is so funny. What a funny concept.
1: It is. Look at my butt. It's like low key, kind of a salty, but like in a very playful way.
0: It is these days. It like it's a playful fly. assault.
1: <laughs> <laughs> everyone oh has a bud,
0: <laughs> just like everyone poops. Yeah. So these voyagers that are out there, it's actually super cool. They ca- they have enough power to keep sending us radio signals until twenty twenty five. Wow. Yeah. So right now they're like at the very edge of the solar system and the beginning of interstellar space.
1: Is that where we're getting all of those crazy fucking images of the millions of solar systems and shit like that?
0: It must be because the Voyager 2 is the farthest man-made object from Earth. Have you ever looked at those
1: pictures? Yeah, it's incredible. It makes my head hurt and it makes me want to cry. I know, right? It's so big. Space is so big. Overwhelming. What is life? I'm scared now. Help! (laughs) I can't process...
0: My monkey brain
1: can't make sense of this.
0: I can't. It freaks me out. What else is
1: cool? What else did NASA do that was
0: awesome? There's the Wilkinson Microwave Anastropi Probe or the WMAP. Um, It was launched in 2001 and it's not well known, obviously, because I like. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Can't even talk about it. (laughs) like, (laughs) WMAP. It measures the temperature of radiation that's left over from the Big Bang. Oh, yeah. So by mapping out the fluctuations in the so-called cosmic microwave background radiation, the spacecraft has taken like a really big leap in cosmological theories about the origin of the universe. Wow. Yeah. And also like because of this, it revealed a much more precise estimate for the age of the universe. And the estimate is 13.7 billion years old. Nope. Doesn't compute. Can't process. And also 95% of the universe is composed of dark matter and dark energy. I'm scared. I can't even talk about it. I'm going to throw up. Oh, my God.
1: Right? So it's like there's like
0: there's like this five percent that we can see and we're like, oh, this is it. But it's like, no,
1: so much more. It's like imagining the bottom of the ocean. You're like, no, 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 no. It's
0: crazy. It's like the stuff that's like super, super high up. We don't know anything about and the stuff that's like super, super down low. We don't know anything about.
1: Yeah. And it's like equally as dangerous exploring either of them.
0: Oh, yeah. Which is
1: insane to me. You would think that leaving our planet would be the most dangerous, but you can also just die under like feet and feet of water. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Also, have you ever seen the shit that comes at the bottom of the ocean? Dude, I know. I know. It's scary. Nobody needs to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just not
0: right stay down there (sighs) um so then there's the spitzer space telescope and that's really important for cosmology and astrophysics um it's observed the heavens through infrared light infrared light has a longer wavelength than visual light and it's that must be
1: how we're getting all of the pictures of like the different yeah maybe it's from this yeah
0: from the spitzer space telescope that makes more sense than like something that's really far away yeah we're not scientists
1: okay listen (laughs) don't listen (laughs) We're not scientists. (laughs) I Googled this.
0: This light has a longer wavelength than visual light, and it's mostly blocked by our Earth's atmosphere. So here it is. In addition to taking gorgeous photos of galaxies, nebulae, and stars, the telescope has made numerous groundbreaking scientific discoveries. In 2005, the Spitzer was the first telescope to detect light from extrasolar planets. In another observation, astronomers think the telescope may have even captured light from some of the first stars ever born. That's amazing. And in regard to those extrasolar planets, before the Spitzer was seeing it, these distant worlds were only detected through, like, secondary gravitational effects on their suns. So it's like, this was Holy actually seeing, seeing the planet. That's, That's a amazing. Big deal. Yeah, I mean, that was 15 years ago. Like, pretty it's like, cool.
1: It's just mind-blowing that people can come up with this. It is, right? So then there's the
0: Mars rover Spirit and Opportunity. They found out that Mars used to have liquid water. They have taken, like, really cool close-up pictures Cool shit. NASA did some cool shit. Good job, NASA. There's Chandra. So since 1999, the Chandra X-ray Observatory has been scanning the skies in X-ray light, looking at some of the most distant and bizarre astronomical events. Our atmosphere blocks out most X-rays, so astronomers couldn't view the universe in this high-energy short-wavelength light until they sent Chandra up to space. Chandra showed scientists the first glimpse of the crushed star left over after a supernova when it observed the remnant Cassiopeia A. Wow. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. Me neither, but it seems like it should be—it's it, a big deal. Maybe we're just like not really into into the
1: space science. I mean, I feel like I look at the pictures when they come out, and I look at the articles that are like, you know, we found another exoplanet or whatever. I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay, cool. I I want to know about this, but I never like soak in any of the details. No names. No yeah. Like, actual figures. I'm just like, cool. we found a planet. That picture was pretty. I'm going to make it the background on my phone. Right. (laughs) That's the level of interest I can provide to anything. (laughs) This is cute.
0: Love it. Where am I on my list? Maybe I'm like on like the third, third to coolest accomplishment of NASA. So this is the Viking 1 probe. It touched down on Mars in July 1976. And it was the first time a man-made object had landed on Mars. The Soviet Mars 2 and 3 pros did land on the surface, but they failed upon landing. So we win. We won. <laughs> Our Viking 1 wins it ran on mars for six years and 116 days it sent the first color pictures back from the martian surface and showed us what the mysterious red dot looked like for the first time mars is ours um so the most loved of all nasa spacecraft is the hubble space telescope you know what that is
1: right i've i've definitely heard of that
0: the photos that the hubble provides us with have changed the way that just like everyday people think about the cosmos like us yeah, they, they've they made breakthroughs on tons of different issues. They sent an optical telescope to peer at the sky from beyond Earth's atmosphere. NASA developed a tool that could reveal stars, planets, nebulae, and galaxies in all their fully detailed glory. That's freaking awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah, when I when I look at space photos, I just feel infinitesimally small. Yeah, it, I remember uh, doing acid one time. And thinking about space and just weeping for like (laughs) I don't know how long because you have no sense of time when you're on acid but yeah just the idea of thinking about how many planets there are how many stars there are how many like um galaxies there are I'm just like I can't my mind just shuts down at a certain point
0: I never got deep about space on acid but I remember liking to look at the stars when I'd be trippy because there'd be like tons of shooting stars yeah you know yeah. Look at these stars. It's so beautiful. It's like that moment when you're tripping and you're like, this is all on purpose. And you're like, wait, no, I'm on drugs. Like this,
1: <laughs> the sky isn't doing this for me. I'm doing this for the sky. <laughs> Nothing is trying to communicate with me right now. I'm just very high. <laughs> I told you about looking at the two trees that had like the, the branches were cut for a power line. And I just started crying because I was like, they'll always reach for each other and never touch. Like, oh, my God, shut the fuck up.
0: Life is so beautiful. It's so so
1: beautiful. You you were like a manic pixie dream girl. Oh, my God. Persona. Yeah. Only when I'm high, though. Any other (laughs) time, I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like abrasive (laughs) and weird. Like, let me me tell you this thing I learned about a serial killer. Give this girl some hallucinogens. She'll warm (laughs) right up.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Maybe that's the idea around microdosing. Gosh, maybe my next episode should be around about microdosing.
1: Actually, what made me more open to touch was doing MDMA. I believe that 100%. It made me feel like less vulnerable. I feel that there is like a
0: whole like togetherness that you feel on MDMA. Yeah,
1: where you're like, look, everyone's
0: scared. Yeah, totally. You're gonna be fine. Totally. <laughs> it would be so fun to like get and,
1: like, I know. Just Fucking be, like, kids. I <laughs> you know, right? So much responsibility.
0: Wompity womp womp womp.
1: Yeah. How did I get here? I just imagine something horrible happening and me being like high as shit, trying oh to like God. process what's Dude, going on or like be a person, be an adult.
0: I know. It wouldn't be
1: good. Yeah, talking to a doctor, being like, Oh, my God, I'm feeling this so hard. Like, I'm going to call the cops. Right. I had a babysitter. I mean, it's fine. For me and my child.
0: (laughs) Well, do you want to know what the number one most awesome thing that NASA
1: did? Oh, my God. Yes.
0: The Apollo trips. Well, of course. Those were the coolest. They sent a man to the moon. They brought stuff back to Earth from space. They played with the uh, social boundaries around pooping. Yeah, they did. I mean, it's on those Apollo missions that they realized pooping on on spacecraft was not easy, and that's a big deal. That accomplishment is probably bigger than them walking on the moon. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Figuring out how to shit on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but as they say, the Artemis mission. They're they're the, what, did, what did it say?
1: It, it certainly isn't like... the prime focus of the mission. But it's a big consideration.
0: I loved that. It's so funny. (laughs) We're not going back to the moon, so we could say we pooped on the
1: moon. Oh my God. But we don't want an Apollo situation either. I would be fine with saying I pooped on the moon. In fact, that might be the first thing that I said to somebody because I have no sense of social grace at all. (laughs) Guess what? And they'd be like, what? Yeah, I went to the moon. I guess I could have just said it like that, but I wanted to tell you the most interesting part first.
0: The most interesting thing I did was mm. defecate on the moon. Fuck the moon. <laughs> I shit on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's my uh my space poop exploration. I never knew that I wanted to know about that. Me neither. And yeah, you should you should really look at the the blog entry because I have so many interesting videos and so many interesting pictures. Like
1: you never think about how things actually work and how much it took to get to that point. Like how much advancement in technological Um, systems and and just the way that we think about certain problems like we just don't consider it
0: yeah or like that part of space training like part of the program is learning how to use a space toilet right like that's a thing it's like oh it's it's toilet day today or (laughs) whatever like at the
1: academy so what are you going to do for next week I think I'm going to talk about like family vloggers.
0: that Micah lady like I'm so pissed about her I can't I like want to know more
1: it's so deeply upsetting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to do family vloggers, but also kind of pair it up with how a lot of the family vloggers are marketed towards children. Yeah. And how that's moderately to incredibly fucked up.
0: Interesting. That sounds yeah. great.
1: A lot of the techniques that these family vloggers use is like deeply manipulative. And I've actually had to talk to Ripley about what they do and how it's tricky of them because. They'll say things like, guys, if I have like 15 people hit like right this second, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so I know that they asked you to do that because kids will pretty much do anything that an adult tells them to do. Yeah. But that is not actually happening. You don't have to hit like or subscribe when they tell you to. And she was like, so they just do that because they know that kids will do it. And I was like, yeah, that's tricky, huh? She's like, yeah. And she looks so crestfallen. Wow. Like someone had just deeply disappointed her and used something against her. I was Aww, like, yeah, they use, your, they use your innocence that's to get sad. what they want. And I had to like explain the algorithm and how it worked to her. Like, yeah, if you get more likes or if you watch longer, then their videos will get recommended to more people. So mm-hmm. they're doing this on purpose. You, yeah. you need to know that. Having to have that conversation with her was so upsetting. Just like yeah. looking at her little face where she's like, oh, God, am I stupid? I'm like, no, it's not you they like offer something like you need to press it right now and press it right now guys and like we're gonna do xyz they'll like really frame it to make it interactive or like hey guys if I get this many likes then I'm gonna do blah 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 it's like they're already planning on doing that babe they're literally (laughs) already like they probably have already filmed it or like guys hit that subscribe button to let me know that you really like this certain you know xyz like fuck you but seriously, though, if you're listening to our podcast, like and like and you subscribe and rate us and we will. OK, hold on, um, hold on. I'm going to do this the right way. <laughs> All right, guys. Now, listen, if you like this podcast, just make sure that you hit that subscribe button and we will do 500 shots of like Patron and and get real fucked up for our next one. No, that's not going to happen. But <laughs> I'm like, can it? That sounds like. Five. Oh, my God. If, <laughs> if I do one shot, I'll probably be like on the floor sleeping. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean five (laughs) hundred we'd be in the hospital. We need so much patrons, too expensive.
1: Okay guys, we'll do five hundred shots of patron and you can watch us in the hospital getting our stomachs pumped. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) So that's gonna be a real fun and disappointing journey for us to take next week. So please come back. Yes. Please come if, if I didn't turn you all away with my poop, my potty talk. You know, I knew it was going to happen at some point. So mm-hmm. might as well be now. Get the shit out of the way. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> I loved it. <sighs> all right, you guys, you have been listening to I Read A Thing. You can find us at IReadAThing.com and Emma will have full show notes for this poop episode. If you are interested and want to know more about pooping in space, which I think, don't we all? Yep. Definitely subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and if you don't mind, if you enjoyed this and you want to, you know, rate us, leave us a little comment, tell us how we're doing. We would do really it. appreciate it. Do it. If you, if you don't like us and you don't need to do any of that, that's fine. Yeah, don't. Just stop listening. You should maybe question why you listen to us for this long to just, like, not like us. <laughs> <laughs> Come back and see us. We will have a brand new episode next Friday. See you then.